Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. It's the giants of sequential art facing off in the most inconsequential bout of their careers. In the blue corner, we've got duking detective comics. And in the red corner, it's militant Marvel. Which of these quintessential comics companies will be crowned king of cartoons and which will be quickly quashed by conquest? Find out right now on this week's episode of Strikes Our Fancy. Hell yeah. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Well, welcome to season three, where uh, I will literally punch Mike in the face tonight. <laughs> uh, because of his views, strictly because of his views, our friendship cannot stand that. So, But we've been doing this for two years now, mm-hmm. and Rob gave a little soliloquy about, about his thoughts. Yeah, I appreciated your ramblings, Rob. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was yeah, nice to hear. Did you have any thoughts before we continue on? I think, Rob, you made a great point. I really enjoyed, and I, I hope we continue to do it, just more guests. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was really nice, of, or a really um, a way to push ourselves a little bit more during right. year two. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. But speaking of, we have, along with us tonight, someone who might go home with some physical injuries. <laughs> Marvel's defender, Mike. Hey. <laughs> Long-time listener and sometimes guest. We're glad to have you back, Mike. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Always glad to be on. But so, yeah, Mike, you threw out some spicy comments. Scathing words. A and couple I, weeks I back. Couldn't stand, I couldn't let it stand. That makes sense. I was potentially overly harsh. <laughs> but it was the internet, so I have to be inflammatory. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Did you imbibe before that comment? I'm just curious. It's hard to say. Okay. Uh, <laughs> potentially. Who can, who can remember? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was, I, Mike, I'm a little disappointed starting out the evening with a retractment. Like, that's not the kind of energy I was hoping you were going to bring tonight. Well, <laughs> everybody likes their own thing, and I don't necessarily want to be the person to come in and just, like, shit all over a thing that someone really enjoys. What? This, this is a this podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but also, I have opinions, and I feel that everyone is entitled to hear my opinion. Mm, yeah. That's why we continue to have you on. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I want to see the physical manifestation of both of your conviction. I, I do want to see blows traded tonight. Mm-hmm. So for those who haven't been tuning in the last couple of weeks, we have a bit of a comic gauntlet tonight. Mike took the stance that Marvel comics are better than DC, and Caleb took great exception to that. And so both raised up what they consider the pinnacle of each publishing house to be. And so I think just to start us off, could each of you tell us what were the the runs of choice that you thought best exemplified uh, your publishing house of choice. Sure. And to clarify, this is just comics because if we were just, if we were saying which is better Marvel or DC, you know, in its entirety, it's really hard to beat the Hulk ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> that so is true. That would win. It just <laughs> that ride is amazing. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Specifically the Hulk? Yeah. I've not, I've not heard no. of this ride. It's great. Oh, it's, it's like a roller coaster. coaster. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. They hmm. did, they did good work. Nice. And it's at Universal, which is weird because, you know, Disney owns Marvel <laughs> now, so. Well, that's been there forever, though. Yeah. But, yeah, so. Oh, sorry. Do you think they'd rename it if, like, Disney got all uppity about it? Like, probably. The incredible bulk ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when, whenever that specific licensing thing ends, which is just bizarre, the whole licensing thing between mm-hmm. Fox and Marvel and Sony and all mm-hmm. that. Um, whenever that ends, they'll probably keep the roller coaster, but just retheme it. Yeah. Would be my guess. Can I just say quick that Marvel did sell off all its assets in the '90s, which is why there's a big fucking rights thing, and uh, DC didn't have that, so DC didn't <laughs> go through that. I'm just That's saying, true. yeah. And he, DC could always, you know, make a movie or or whatever of 
any of their characters and they didn't have to fight with anyone else for it. <laughs> and yet we only ever got Batman and Superman. Yeah, we got George Clooney Batman, the best <laughs> Batman. But we also got The Flash. In okay. more recent days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like, you go back 15 years and yeah, like to Rob's point, I think you mm-hmm. got nothing in the in the cinema universe except for Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. And a really bad attempt at Green Lantern. <laughs> forgot about that oh yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> i don't think it's that bad but that's just me I'm <laughs> but to a little bit more back on track so mike what are the runs that you chose out of the marvel comic universe so i chose uh civil war civil war one i guess it would be secret invasion the 2015 version and secret wars which i think was a little bit after that 20 no was it before that all right secret invasion they get a switch. Secret Warriors was the 2015, and Secret Invasion was in 2008. Okay. Yeah. 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 Do not quote the old magic to Caleb. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and, just, the, uh, the old Secret Wars was the 80s yeah. one. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, and I go into this fully knowing that Caleb has vast amounts <laughs> of knowledge, uh, more than I do on, on these. So even though we're in a duel, uh, I will probably <laughs> defer to his expertise on a lot of the details for no, some no, of these no. things. Just... Again, stand by your convictions, <laughs> yeah. wild, make wild accusations with no evidence. Like we're not going to fact check you. <laughs> <laughs> you'll just drive. You'll just drive up Caleb's blood pressure, and we'll laugh. It'll be great. It's a funny coma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caleb. And what what uh, what series did you choose out of the DC so comic I, universe? I went and chose uh, Batman: The Court of Owls, All Star Superman, and Final Crisis. Uh, and <laughs> the smile that I get from everybody when I mention Final Crisis <laughs> makes me think everybody enjoyed this ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with that for now. <laughs> so I got to ask you guys, when you were choosing these comics, it seems to me like you just picked some like a huge culmination that brings a lot together. And in my opinion, those were not great choices for someone who's like not really well versed, you both told me specifically <laughs> I can dump you in somewhere, you should, yeah, no right, matter right, right, right. what. Yeah, but narratively, it was I like I I didn't know what was going on at the beginning of most of those comics. Final Crisis was the culmination of like yeah. three years worth of right. stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one especially. Some of the other ones we'll get into them as we go into them. But so why why these choices? You know that you make a good point, Rob. I chose them uh, for a couple different reasons. One, when I first started getting into reading comics, rather than uh, I, I consumed Marvel uh, in many different ways. You know, mm-hmm. from the cartoons in the '90s, uh, X Men and Spider Man. I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance one and two, video game and other Marvel video games, and then of course the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Civil War was really the first comic that I read okay. for Marvel. And so that's why I chose civil war uh, because I just, I loved it. That was my like diving in point. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily that this is pinnacle Marvel comic universe. It's like, it was more nostalgia. You just wanted to share it with us partially. And okay. then partially I do think it is. I mean, I got so into it. I, so there's the, the main run of civil war, which is, I don't know, nine issues or something like that. And then there are all these different side issues, which mm-hmm. they do for every big event in in uh, Marvel and DC, I'm sure. Um, but I, I bought like all of them that I could find. So I have a whole shelf of just civil war comics. Can I jump in for a moment? Here? Absolutely. Just, just dive right on in. I'm with Mike. I really love civil war. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Like, 
this was a secret invasion secret wars they're also big line-wide company-wide events but civil war was really the first event for like every sort of like you see like the main event one issues one through seven but like there's there's obviously missing action pieces mm-hmm. within this series I, mm-hmm. we'll get to that later but like they're filled in by their own solo titles like this was a very tight concise line-wide company-wide event where like every issue with like the amazing spider-man fantastic four x-men all these they're they were affected by the superhero registration act if you are a marvel comics fan you cannot escape the civil war is that exactly. kind of the message they were yeah. sending out yep so it was really cool and how tightly that all came together for that i don't think secret invasion does it quite as well with the with the tie-ins but civil war is i do think it's a pinnacle sort of marvel event. Mm-hmm. i love it okay yeah but uh, yeah to your point rob it, it that does kind of make sense um that if you don't know what's going on you know before these big events or in different issues with the characters mm-hmm. it could be hard to latch on to and so the other half of it was why i chose these three was i own all of them sure <laughs> and uh i went to my big tub of comics and i was going through it and trying to find what i had complete runs of and i had complete runs of those the the three that we mentioned i had a complete run of one doctor strange run i think it was like the death of magic which is honestly really great and i loved it but just decided not to choose that one and then everything else i I didn't have a full run of i almost chose the clone conspiracy which is a a Mm spider-man one uh which is more it's you know, it's the Spider-Man centric. Um, so what I'm getting here is you are so confident in your position that you didn't say what what is the best comic. You just said, what garbage do I have laying <laughs> yeah. around? Whatever it is, it'll yeah. be DC. Well, I am a man of class. And so the things that I own are obviously oh, yeah. the best. Yeah. When you have a bespoke collection, they're all winners. <laughs> I do also own Secret Empire, though, so you know you can Gross. take that as it. Yeah, <laughs> that one I did not have you. Well, read now I want to read that one <laughs> because I have figured everyone would say that was awful and I hate it. <laughs> There's a lot of vague anti-Semitism in that one, and I don't care for it. Oh, sure, yeah, it's you know, I I read it and there were parts of it that I enjoyed, but it it wasn't it wasn't the best at all it was very controversial for a number of reasons and i think those reasons are entirely valid and so i didn't choose that one but i own it all right and so caleb for dc why did you choose the three runs that you did i think for batman batman has so many great stories like he's there's a lot of i was i was debating between a lot of batman stories specifically like the long halloween Hush, you know, there's a a, Batman is just full of great sort of writers. I picked The Court of Owls because it's short (laughs) and it is considered one of the better Batman stories. And I already pushed Final Crisis and All Star Superman on you guys. (laughs) And I was like, let's just make this a a nice sort of little murder mystery detective story. So that's why I picked Batman Court of Owls because it is a nice, easy segue into the Batman universe Mm -hmm. that I don't think you need to know too much about. Although he did have just a shit ton of underlings. In this one, like Batman, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, the whole Bat family is in. Yeah, yeah, Batman. exactly. Um, that threw me off a little bit. <laughs> but uh, All Star Superman, fucking phenomenal. I love this story. That I do. It is considered like a pinnacle of DC. Uh, the, the whole twelve issues by Grant Morrison is awesome, like sci-fi sort of extravaganza, and I think it's really well written. The art by Frank Quietly is some of my favorite out there. Like 
I this is honestly I just wanted to share this one with you guys, <laughs> especially after our Superman episode. So sure, because I I was debating between again Superman does also have a lot of great stories, a lot of one one off great stories. Um, but All Star Superman being at twelve issues, I I, I knew I was uh, pushing the precipice, and I was like, you know what, I got to do it. Mm-hmm. So I so I picked a shorter Batman run. Sure. Final Crisis. I was told that you guys are willing to jump headfirst into stupid, crazy, zany shit, and I was and- like. Final Crisis. Oh boy, did he throw us in! <laughs> <laughs> okay. On, on, like I was rereading it, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I probably should have picked Flashpoint. <laughs> should, should we start there with Final Crisis? Just talk off, about off the yeah. Let's let's maybe. I mean, we we didn't obviously neither of you went like head to head on mm-hmm. series, but you did both pick big ultimate conflict and bring all the heroes together in each perspective universes so let's maybe start with those two so that being final crisis for dc and civil war for marvel final crisis so obviously as they've said a lot in the story there was a war in heaven and evil one basically dark side acolytes are on earth and they're trying to bring about a new dark age with the anti-life equation they're taking down justice league members left and right and it's up to a small contingent of uh, superheroes to kind of make everything back to normal, as is superhero comics status quo. Basically, that is a, a very truncated summary because it is there's a lot that happens in in these seven to eight issues. So, well, so as as you pointed out, I think yes, we all agreed to jump in to to, to whatever you were going to throw us into, throw us into the deep end. But I got to say, as a lover of convoluted sci-fi. I said multiple times throughout this, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Genuinely, I was like, I have no idea who these characters are. Yeah. I have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. You knew the big three, but other than that, you're kind well, of I mean, I mean, I knew the Justice League. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I knew some of the tertiary characters, but like, there were other characters that I was just like, who the, who the fuck is this? Why should I care? I have no clue. Yeah. And that's that's no fault of your own or yeah. the media itself. That's my knowledge. But but I think just in terms of writing and some of the plot points, again, as someone who loves convoluted sci-fi and made up pseudoscience techno babble, yeah, it, it still just didn't click for me. Yeah, for a lot of what they yeah. were talking about and what they were doing, and I don't know if that was by design or not. Rob, I, oh boy, I just <laughs> I did not like this at all. Yeah. Um, first off, you look at the first few pages, mm. beautiful artwork. Mm. But it's like four pages of single, like full page spreads, mm. which I mean, in a if you were buying the like the single issues, personally, I would be annoyed by that much of nothing happening. Yeah, I felt like they were trying to be like extremely cinematic here, and it kind of fell flat. Yeah. Well, but if was there a bunch of runs leading up oh, to yeah. this? So oh, like yeah. this yeah, yeah. for for like true like dedicated fans, yeah, I bet right. that they wanted that maybe. But I'm I'm just thinking, you know, you're buying a what, like a 29 page comic, yeah, and you've got so many pages mm. of just a full page, one one panel. image, yeah, and then it's the next panel. Are you getting your money's worth? Yeah, yeah. right, right. Um, and overall, I I did not like the pacing because mm. um, it it felt to me like we would get a page and a half of one part of the story, and then you switch to something else, and you get a page and a half of that. And then a page and a half of another thing. Mm. And then two characters meet up. So you get two pages, <laughs> but then it's a page and a half of something else. Yeah. And it was just, like Craig said, it was like really all over the place and really hard to follow what was going on yeah. because 
you know, even even not knowing these characters, I think you could follow a through line mm. if you were like just sitting with the character for a little while. But when you're bouncing back and forth, you never get the time to say, "Oh yeah, this guy was doing this." Yeah, he's so and so said his name. Now I remember that guy because I've seen him over and over and again yeah. over the past few pages. But there is no like because I was rereading it. Like you don't really they don't really say their names. Yeah, you know I mean they they do just push you in they, right they, they expect if you're yeah. here you put in the ground you've read the hit. three years worth of stories <laughs> yeah. that led to this yeah. you what? know who dan turpin is and, and on to compare i think civil war did a much better job of at least when a character is first introduced they say the name yeah yeah and no. let you know who this person is no. grant morrison said fuck you we're <laughs> we're just all these dc characters that i know and love and they're just gonna put in there and i expect right. you to know them he is kind of known for that but so, Mike, what were your initial thoughts? I think maybe the problem is I'm not smart enough for DC Comics <laughs> <laughs> because I, yeah, <laughs> it, you know, I dove in. I really wanted it. It, it was the last one that I read, mm. and uh, I kind of wish it was the last one we were talking about because I could say how much I really liked the Court of Owls yeah. uh, first. But yeah, it was. It was very confusing for me, mm. and and I think there was a lot of the there were a lot of words I just didn't know, yeah, mm-hmm. and like yeah. people I didn't know, and they they kept talking about the new gods, and I I knew people who read DC comics and kind of understood that there were things happening. There was like the new Fifty Two, and there's the new gods, and and I I think those are probably not the same, but I had heard of them, mm-hmm. but I didn't really understand how they're related to the story and what was going on. Right. We didn't get like two panels of exposition. You don't see the war in heaven that resulted in their deaths. We don't even need to see the war in heaven. Again, just someone saying like, oh man, that damn war in heaven. And now we've got all these new gods to deal with. Some of which are, and then it was so like maybe list our major players yeah, or, or just like a note in the beginning previously. Yeah. DC universe. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the new gods? And then they died right away. Mm. When were they new? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think that's a lot of where the confusion, the new gods was their names. Those are the people that were in heaven. That's the heaven that died, the new gods. Okay. And they were reborn on earth as like Mr. Miracle, that sumo guy. You know, I mean, they're all like reborn on earth. Same thing with the gods from Apocalypse. It's, it's, uh, it's all over the place. Mm. I, I, okay. I Which, well, but <laughs> yeah. and, and I, that was, I wanted to hear your thoughts, Mike, but then I wanted to direct to you, Caleb. Is, it's supposed to be muddled by design because I felt about halfway through stuff started to click together. Yeah. And so it's just like, I wonder if it was supposed to feel chaotic and it was supposed to feel disjointed at the beginning. You're not supposed to understand how these stories mesh together. Mm. And like, mm. I, I felt like it was a, personally, it was a little too jarring uh, how much we jumped around, but, but towards the middle of the story stuff, st- I felt like started to at least line up. You got your bearings bit. a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Yeah, I didn't finish it. Oh. <laughs> I only got to the third or fourth issue, and I'm done. Was, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. I'm not um, but Mike, yeah, I, I felt the same way, and I I wonder when you first read it, were you reading it as like picking it up the weekly issue? Oh, I I it? picked up the omnibus, which collects the entirety of like things leading up to it. So that's how I read it. So okay. I knew everybody and what was going on. Sure. All the context. So yeah, so I had all the context for that. I had even because like I said. Not only that, there was before this, you know, you, you kind of had to have like a, a brief knowledge of like the original Crisis on Infinite Earths, 
you had to have a context of like the infinite crisis event that happened like three years before. So like you guys told me you yeah. like being pushed. <laughs> yeah. So I picked it. And, and I do think I have a better comic background than I did before. So I do appreciate that, but it, it was tough. Yeah. It yeah, was no, tough. I get it. I get yeah. it. Like dark side said, do you think you can outrun the, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was I beams. Mm. Oh, the, um, Omega beams. Yeah, but I, he said, do you think you can outrun this? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can. I, and, I have no idea. And like, apparently Darkseid was this like gritty detective like for the first half of the story. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. I it, until they finally said that explicitly, I had no idea that that's what was happening. <laughs> Look at oh. the artwork. Yeah, yeah. I so picked when, that one up. Oh, I yeah. Know. So when you say that the, the gods, they got basically reincarnated on Earth, on Earth in yeah. people. And so... Darkseid had died and was reincarnated as I yeah. can't remember his name. But. Initially, he was okay. uh, kind of possessing that the Darkseid club. He was possessing that big boss, and then they moved him over to Dan Turpin's body. It was a whole thing. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, they moved him to Dan Turpin's I body. Didn't, yeah. yeah, that's right. I do remember that. That was. I felt kind of bad for the guy, but I didn't know who he was. And then at the end, was Superman said, "I know your DNA. It's Dan Turpin," and I'm like. Sure. If you you say so. It is. He said that in one of the first panels. I'm sorry that's hard for you. I will say I do agree it's all convoluted, but one of the biggest things on why I picked this book and why it is one of my favorite events is Barry Allen comes back. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's been dead for years, since the 80s at this point. So like to finally have him come back, he is one of my favorite flashes. So like to see him come back and to see that emotional reunion with all the speedsters, I, I love that shit. Yeah, okay. Because, again, with no context, we're just like, oh, okay, I guess Barry was dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought, here, don't heroes come back all the time? No. Uh, Barry was actually one of the few that stayed dead oh. uh, for Apparently years. not. And not anymore, yeah. Yeah, they brought him back. But we're saving it. But it was probably, this was in 2005, the event happened in, like, mid-80s, so it was a good, like, 20-ish years wow. that he was dead, wow. which is... Virtually un- unheard of. Mm-hmm. It was on that CW show, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was, I loved. It was pretty good. phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I do think that was one thing in kind of the convolution of it that, that we missed out on it were kind of character moments. Because mm. I did appreciate, you know, the flashes came back together and they're like, Barry, and you can obviously see that this is a moment for them that, mm-hmm. that they missed him. And he, you know, he went to find Iris and, and it was very heartfelt. And I think there was just a lot of, there wasn't a lot of moments like that. Mm. And, you know, maybe that's not what it was going for, but. I think this strictly goes for the bombast, the mm-hmm. the big, you know, mm-hmm. uh, event stuff. Where it, I would agree with you. The, the small character moments that even I love aren't really present in this story. And you had, again, you had to have the context to really get it. did you think Caleb as a writer about the I don't know if tongue-in-cheek is the best way to describe it but the the arc in limbo where they make a lot of commentary on storytelling itself yeah like to me I don't think it landed the best (laughs) I I was just like okay we get it like you you think story storytelling is very important yeah yeah. (laughs) I understand 
but I don't I don't know it. <sighs> Finish telling the story. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it, it felt a, a little forced to yeah. me. I don't know um, to have an infinite story as your MacGuffin. Yeah, that that was it. Interesting, but also it didn't, a little didn't really flow well. Yeah, with the story. a little, little um, on the nose. <laughs> I think Grant Morrison has commented on like the nature of stories better in previous works and his Doom Patrol and his Animal Man runs back in the eighties, but I just don't think he was able to give it enough time and space oh. here to really mm-hmm. to really you know, mesh. You know, were the were the characters that were in Limbo that had been forgotten were those references to old comics? That, yeah, that, yeah, that, like uh, dead runs. If I remember, Supergirl was in there. Supergirl disappeared in the eighties during the Crisis on Infinite Earths events. And she was literally forgotten. She saved the world, but nobody remembered. Mm. You know. So again, that was, this was him trying to bring all these characters that were dead back to life. Cool. Yeah. One comment I had about it as I was reading it was, to me, with all the well, and I'm sure a lot of it were words I didn't know, things that had happened before that they were you know drawing inspiration from or bringing back. Mm. But to me, it did seem a little MacGuffin heavy. Yeah. Like mm. there always just seemed to be There's... this other thing that they had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Once we get that, then we can solve problem X, which will let us solve problem Y. But there's right. another problem. Yeah. <laughs> like the the Ultraman and Superman being fused together to power the giant robot. Listen to the words you're saying, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my takeaway. Yeah. It was like the robot that was created at the beginning of the universe <laughs> yeah. to save them from the vampire god. Yes. No, you got it. Nailed on the head. I mean, and I think maybe that I need a, I think a spark notes, like after reading that yeah. a spark notes yeah. of like, okay, this is what happened. And it's like, oh, okay. You, you just need yeah. someone to say, yes, you did read that correctly. <laughs> like what you interpreted, that's what's on the paper. Yeah. The annotated version with like a big wide margin that yeah. points to exactly, this was in issue 208 of the new 52. <laughs> well, cause that. Mardok was that the va- the vampire Mandrake Mandrake, or Mandrake. Uh, had nothing to do with Darkseid no like so like that really threw me for a loop that like it, you've got these two infinite scale crises that have nothing to do with each other <laughs> that's DC I, like, <laughs> why, why why are you putting this in one run I don't I will say that I don't think that's DC I think that's Grant Morrison yeah, uh, okay. he's got a lot of big ideas uh, not all of them land I'll give you that uh, I think. He he does all. I picked two Grant Morrison stories. I just now realized Final oh. Crisis and All Star Superman. Uh, I think All Star Superman lands a lot better with gotcha. its stories. But I think with with those two cataclysmic arcs, one with Darkseid and one with the, the Ultimate Vampire, like it's less than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Like those two stories would be better on their own. I feel mm-hmm. like than yeah. tr- than shoving them into one just because. Yeah. yeah, I think the Darkseid story should have took precedence over the whole thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It did make me want, like, I wanted to read the stories that came before yeah. that they kind of referenced. It did make me want to, like, I want to know more about this. Like, what, I have what happened with this? I have them. And I would be happy to read them because I, th- <laughs> I, I thought some of the things they're referencing sounded really great. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah in, in everything. And here's, oh, okay. So here's, and this kind of lends itself to the Superman discussion from before, where, like, Superman was the savior and and he could do all of the things that no one else could do. Mm. I don't know. And maybe that's the difference, a difference between DC and Marvel is like DC is, I feel very Superman heavy. Like, yeah, like he's he's the guy. He's the most powerful. He's the strongest and, and all this. I don't think in Marvel they really have that. 
you know, they have a lot of runs with Captain America and and Iron Man now and and before they had X-Men. But no one was really the person that would always save the world no matter what. Mm-hmm. And in th- in this one, the moment that got me was I think it was the bleed that they said no one no one can touch, no one can take it out of this realm, but it can cure anyone or destroy anything. But 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 no can one do can do anything, anything with you it. can imagine. Right? <laughs> but, I can't leave this place. Yeah, they can't don't, take it don't out. Don't take it past the seal. No one can touch it or <laughs> manipulate it except and it, and it just said it said except Superman can and yep. he like had it in his mouth and then kissed Lois, which is great. Uh, like I was happy that Lois came back to life and everything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, well, of course, Superman it's, can. It's yeah. almost Deus Ex Machina at this well, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but we didn't even see like they didn't highlight that it was difficult for him. Like he just took it and then mm-hmm. he gave it to Lois. Like right. we didn't even get like a panel of like it hurt him. It wasn't or it supposed was supposed to. It... <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it was cool. because it was like foretold or it was what was meant to be. I just I don't know if it I wouldn't go that route. Okay. I just think it's fucking Superman. <laughs> Which is what we were talking about two episodes ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what what you have done, Caleb, is in one of your examples of prime DC universe. I just affirmed you guys. You just affirmed it, like, <laughs> yep, Superman can just do whatever the fuck he wants, and just that's that's how it's gonna be. And I love it. All right. All right. <laughs> how many Omega beams out of five? <laughs> well, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so Omega Beams obliterate, right? So I yeah. think this is worthy of five Omega Beams. <laughs> five out of five Omega Beams. Okay. No, I wasn't that bad. I Again, I I think it was disjointed, but I, I had a good time. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was all right. I, I was confused through more of it than I would have liked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, think, you know, and my, com- my comment on the pacing, I think if you were reading it in, like, in time as it was coming out, mm-hmm. you would want to ping pong back and forth between everything and And you'd have the time to yeah well and and you don't have to wait to see oh man what's superman up to during Mm -hmm. all of this Mm -hmm. because it it goes back and forth whenever he's doing something yeah yeah i think i think caleb issued us a challenge and we just failed to rise to the occasion (laughs) (laughs) i did think i thought the art was very good like i really i appreciated everything that was happening visually okay imagine the scripts for this <laughs> and the artist just being like how the fuck do i draw this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah a lot of that abstract stuff between of traveling between yeah mm-hmm. like between yeah. you know, like there's a space there's an interstitial space between universes mm-hmm. what the fuck does that look like mm-hmm. that would be a that would be a tough order mm-hmm. to get as an artist so of the three, I mean, I'm going to throw out there though, Caleb. Of the three that you that you presented for DC, this one was my least favorite. Yeah, I will yeah. say, um, I'm getting nods from Rob yeah, and Mike as well. I would yeah. agree. <laughs> okay, but to contrast, Final Crisis, Mike, you brought us Marvel Civil War. Yes, not really yeah. to contrast this. It just happened. It just happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. In the conversation here, mm-hmm. contrasting, yeah. another kind of ultimate gathering of, of heroes. So Absolutely. Why don't you give us a little rundown of Civil War? Sure. Well, this one wasn't a, a pleasant gathering of heroes, that's for sure. So Civil War starts off with a group of superheroes that are C-list superheroes, but they're on a reality TV show. And they find a group of supervillains that are well above their pay grade. But they think, well, for the ratings, let's go do this. Mm. So they rush in. And what ends up happening is uh, I think Nitro is the villain explodes next to a school. 
in Stamford, somewhere in the Midwest, explodes and kills like 800 people, including many, many children. And this is the tipping point. They say, uh, you know, superheroes cannot run free anymore. They can't be the masked vigilantes. They need to be registered and they need to be trained. And they're going to be all agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., basically. They're going to be an arm of the U.S. government. Which brings up a weird question. Since when has children dying in school made the U.S. do anything? <sighs> this is a fictional universe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Suspension disbelief. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the hardest part to believe. <laughs> uh, super robots, guys flying. That's, that's fine. Right. Um, that's a very... Good and sad point. Yeah, big um, <laughs> um, But so uh, they're going to pass the Superhero Registration Act that forces all superpowered beings in the United States, anyway, to register with the government and undergo training. And until they undergo training, they can't do any superheroics. Become federal employees. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which means, positively, they would get a pension, they would get a paycheck, uh, sick days. And they wouldn't be liable for damages that the collateral damage that occurred when they were out superhero. What does it mean for a superhero to have a sick day? Like you don't have to go. Yeah, I guess unless something's really, really bad, like you, you, you know, someone else has got it covered. Right. I've always read that as like they don't know how to like quantify full benefits for superheroes or right. just like here's everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get all these things. yeah it's yeah, a full yeah. there's a full benefits package yeah. we don't know what it, we haven't hammered out all the details yet but there's a full benefits package <laughs> um and so this superhero registration act splits the superhero community down the center iron man is is pro this registration he is he talks to this woman who lost a son at stamford and decides yeah this is what we need to do this is the the tipping point too many people have died because we're just out there doing our thing and there's no we don't hold any responsibility for it captain america is on the opposite side and says no we need to be our own our own conscience we don't need to become an arm of the government they're corrupt we don't know what they're going to tell us to do and and we don't want them you know we don't want to be the weapon and them pulling the trigger Mm -hmm. And so the two groups, uh, pro-registration and anti-registration, form, uh, and they fight each other up until the very end when Captain America ends up surrendering. I'll start off. I did really enjoy this run. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if comparatively to Final Crisis, it was because there I knew most of the, our roster, and I don't know if that's because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or not. I mean, if I asked you who Reed Richards was, you'd be like, Mr. Fantastic. Yes. You know, I mean, like, they have a more prevalent... You know most of the main players of the Marvel Universe, even if just by, like, hearsay. Yep. All the people in Final Crisis, all the heroes are a bit more obscure, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's a bit harder to jump into. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's that's a fantastic point. That's exactly what I was trying to make, so I appreciate that. Um, So that, that unfortunately, gave gave it a leg up. At least in that category, that well, I was like I, to have more context of what's going on. It's like ah, I recognize Spider Man. I know Spider Man's mm-hmm. deal. Like, well, I do think even if you didn't know that, it, the comic itself, I felt like it gave you more context in what was going on. Like when uh, when Spider Man takes off his mask, everyone is gasping and talking about how he's been the most secretive about his secret identity. Mm-hmm. This was a huge thing for him to do. Right. Um, he had already mentioned why he wouldn't want to do that because of other things that have happened and he told us why this is a big deal for him right mm-hmm. character development was built in 
to the the story itself rather than you the, the, the rather than Marvel expecting you to go out and get the context right. on your own. Yeah. yeah, which I yeah I appreciated. I do love uh, JJ's fainting at, <laughs> yeah. at Peter Parker's uh, reveal. Oh. Yeah, but uh, you know uh, I love Civil War, and uh, you had to play through it in Marvel Ultimate Alliance two, uh, which was also pretty fun. But I think it has a lot of really fantastic character moments, which are maybe missing from uh, from the crisis. Um, there are just all these fantastic moments between characters that that you love to see. Um, they're they're like real people, you know. Even yeah. the one moment that gets me was Tony Stark. He's he's sitting back and he says like, "My God, let us be doing the right thing." And oh, you yeah. see that yeah. doubt yeah. in him, yeah. Yeah. and I think that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and even you know, there's a point with Captain America where he stops near the end. He, he stops and he says, we're, we're doing the wrong thing. And the, so they're, they're real people. They have mm-hmm. real He's even doubt crying at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that moment. Yeah. Yeah, even in the like first showdown, there is on Captain America's side, there's like a hesitation. Like, are we really going to fight for this? Yes. And, mm-hmm. and on uh, the other side, are we willing to go up against our brothers for what they believe in? And yeah, how, how much lethal force are we going to use? Mm-hmm. And there's an escalation, which I couldn't, I, the one quote I pulled out when reading this, because at one point, the, the the big tipping point in terms of their conflict is clone Thor kills Goliath. Goliath. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, and, and after the fact, Tony, I think it was Tony Stark says that uh, even though Thor reacted like a police officer would. Yep. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. damn. <laughs> 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 which I, I thought it was very poignant, but yeah, it was like, the, the idea of when do we start applying lethal force? When is this a, a grander conflict than just a disagreement? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think in terms of the pacing of the whole series or the whole run, it, it ramped up really nicely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think tangentially related, I think maybe this is part of where the difference is so drastic between something like Final Crisis and Civil War is in Final Crisis, the villain is your typical bad guy just doing bad things because that's what he does. Mm -hmm. This is a moral quandary. This is a moral quandary. The villain is a decision. Mm -hmm. Which which side do you stand on on, of this line? Mm And and both sides have merit, and both sides have detriments. And mm-hmm. which do you choose? And do you choose it enough with enough conviction to fight for it? Mm-hmm. That is a fascinating question that everyone can, I think, empathize with. Oh yeah. So we should probably ask that question <laughs> of the people around the table Oof. who's pro registration and who's anti registration in regards to this iteration in Marvel. Okay, so here's the thing: <laughs> if this was happening in DC. Absolutely 100% pro registration. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. DC heroes do seem more like thugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and even though they don't really kill or anything, like it seems like DC has a little bit more um, collateral damage. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's always saved at the end, but buildings are destroyed. So, yeah, register and insure that shit. But that's not you're dodging the question, Ron. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Marvel right but, now. But yeah, Marvel's a little bit more iffy. Boy, I don't know. Right? It is. <laughs> such, I, I, I don't know that I could say either. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do think I would lean a little bit more pro registration. Just the the idea that, especially because I feel like at that point in the kind of the the universe. There's just there's superhumans everywhere. There's just so many. Yeah, of them. right. Like they're they're becoming so prolific that it's just mm-hmm. like okay for regular people to survive. I, I don't know that. No, I, I will say it's it's a more interesting quandary in the comic than in the film version. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, where yeah, it's for sure. a, a a division of the U.S. government rather than like a worldwide thing yeah. that's like quasi-governmental. Mm. It's a lot harder to say, yeah, I want to be an arm of the U.S. government. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think there's there. I think Captain America has a line. It's like, well, right now we fight who we know are, are doing bad. If we do this. Suddenly, the only enemies we fight are the enemies of the United States government. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic point. And so, yeah, I, I think both options are bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, but but we, we Rob and I have gone on and on. You guys are the comic guys, Caleb, Mike. What do you guys think? <sighs> yeah, you know, it is a very difficult decision. I'm pretty much always like, yeah, Iron Man. Like, I love Iron Man. He's he's my guy. <laughs> and in this in this instance, I probably lean towards Iron Man. Uh, I probably pro registration in this case just because you know i think about even in in our world i think about king henry the eighth okay it's just some dude who wanted he wanted to get a divorce and he wanted to marry this young hot chick right <laughs> and so what did he do he he broke england away from the catholic church and formed his own church and it had ramifications for the world for centuries <laughs> and and it, especially at that time i mean people died you know there were wars because <laughs> of this and it was based on the whims of one person. Mm. And when you have people running around with superpowers that can do like incredibly powerful things, a lot of things can happen based on the whim of that one person. And, you know, should that be allowed that they just get to go do that when, you know, whatever they want, whatever their power might be, you know, that's, that's hard. And I think there is where they, they could be, you know, trained and, and tracked but then there's the other part of me that's like that sounds really bad you know (laughs) you're taking people and you're saying okay you no longer get to be your own person because of how you were born you have to be tracked and registered you don't get to make choices Mm -hmm. for yourself and that's awful. And so which government well, registered people before Mike? <laughs> well, but I mean, they're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's 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 not. They're not, not tracking all superhumans, are they? They're just tracking every. If you have superpowers, you're going to be registered. Oh, yep. yeah, okay. It's I, it's not even if you're going yeah, to be yeah. a member of Shield. It's like if you have superpowers, but you decide not to use them, you still go on the registry. Oh, yeah. I, I misinterpreted that point because I thought it was if you're going to use your powers in public, then you need to be registered. No, oh but, yeah, everyone has to be registered if you have superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you don't want to use them, I guess you maybe don't have to go through the training. But if this is the case, I revise my answer. I am with Cap all the way. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. rebels all the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, in regards to Tony Stark, I felt like every time we saw him kind of like making a big decision in this run it was weighed down by the guilt of what had happened. Mm -hmm. Like they really highlighted that like he was being driven by guilt more than anything else. Yeah. Not necessarily logic or what was best for everyone. I think he was being manipulated just a tad by the mom, Miriam. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it was, you know, I guess I don't know when they made this, if they wanted people to sway one way or another, like, I don't know what the writer's intention was for like, you know, if you wanted more people to be, towards the cider or not i do think that they tended to have the people on iron man's side just do more bad things Mm. uh like cloning thor uh you know that's probably not a great idea um you know what getting together with all the supervillains, you know getting the thunderbolts back together and all that like not doing great you know that they're supposed to be under control but then they almost kill Mm spider-man in the sewer 
it, it just seems like the writer was almost trying to say, yeah, the, but that's not the right side. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you get to choose your side. That was like the end panel on every comic. So choose your side. But I, I think the writer wanted you to be on Cap's side. <laughs> they, they made it very clear that the government was going to choose the unethical option mm. or the unethical solution to their problem first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. So I will say that the pro-reg side, I think it's hard to disagree with them from a point of view of like they have three of the smartest men on the planet. Tony Stark, Reed Richards, and Hank Pym. And so, like, to go against them, what makes you think that you can go against them? They fucking made a clone of Thor, you know, to to swing around to me for a moment. Yeah. I am anti-registration, full full stop. Um, I do agree with uh, Tony Stark's point. And within the, the, the comic where he's like, it's either registration or jail. Like, there is no going back to this. And I do agree. Like, I don't think they made a way to go back to the status quo after this. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the few events that changes the status quo yeah you know going forward but i'm I'm also reminded of a quote from civil war ii from tony where they're about to go to war again over another thing and tony is meeting with cap and he's like captain i need your advice on this because if you tell me i'm wrong i'll agree with you Mm -hmm. because after the last time meaning the first one I will step aside. Yeah. Mm. You know, so I, I defer to that too. When I look at this, you know, I mean that released years down the road, but I still look at that. Like, I think even Tony has regrets about what it what oh, happened. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Because yeah. I, I think you made a very interesting point that the three most intelligent men on, on the planet all sided one way. But I think that just highlights that making the intelligent decision isn't necessarily making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something that makes sense on paper still just might be wrong. But also, how do you argue against that intelligence, too, though? Like, oh, this is just how I feel. Whereas they have quantifiable evidence that crime has gone down mm. since this has passed, yep. you know. But at what cost? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, at the cost of the freedom of a population. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, ends, no, no, I'm not, I'm not arguing, I'm not arguing you, Miss Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is, it, it is very difficult. And then, but at the end, it is... Well, I think that the writer is pushing you more towards one side. It's not like it was in Civil War Two, where it's pretty obvious which side was wrong. Yeah, and you're like, oh, Captain oh. Marvel, thumbs down. David Carol Danvers <laughs> dirty for that one. Yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah. What What I think is interesting is the the overarching decision of Civil War is a moral one, and it's what are you willing to sacrifice or give up for the greater good? Uh, no, oh, I was. I, was <laughs> I almost did. Come on. <laughs> The greater good. There go. <laughs> um, but so, so I think that, you know, that's the bigger argument between these two sides. But I think what the pro registration side doesn't consider at all is they are taking people in the middle gray area who are genuinely motivated and trying to do good and they turn them into villains. They mm. say, guess what? There is no middle ground anymore. You have to pick a side. Right. Um, and only the Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> Isn't that an absolute statement? <laughs> is it not clear that I'm a Sith? That's, that's the vibe I've been trying to put out for a long time. <laughs> so, cloning Thor. I just, I, I, I'm just curious. Is that a big ethical quandary for you guys? Cloning Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they, well, and they didn't even just clone Thor. They cloned him into a machine hybrid, yeah. uh, and then tried to program him, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, is he sentient? Yeah, mm. I mean, he kind of seemed like he had his own wills, and but then it was it was it just programming? But are we just programming? 
lots of questions and i don't think yeah i don't i don't think that was a good decision yeah and i think that's part of the many bad decisions that they made that said oh you're on the wrong side of this whole thing and again the hubris of these intelligent men mm-hmm. you know it, it leaned more towards uh kind of the invincible arc that like the government's trying to make just weapons like they're not trying to make or, or improve people they're like no mm-hmm. we just need weapons to respond to things yeah and that's going to be a person response to the ending the resolution of of the argument i like the callback to the dear john letter that oh, sally susan what? susan uh that, that she wrote so I, I like the letter that reed richards wrote mm-hmm. to her and i, I again that, i think that was a really good character moment because he realizes he was wrong but also he stands by his decision mm-hmm. but he wants to apologize mm-hmm. like it was I, I thought that was a really good moment I'm not sure I really like the new status quo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so ending of the story, I think, was really good. But what happened in the universe, I didn't quite like that. Yeah. Uh, just to bounce off the letter for a moment, good character moment for Reed Richards. And it shows completely how like, how his mind works when he's like, I saw you and I went home and cried for 83 minutes. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know. So like I I love me some Reed Richards. Like mm-hmm. a passionate letter written dispassionately. Yeah. yeah. It was very the juxtaposition was fun. Yeah. You know, I I agree with Rob. The ending is good. And I think part of why it works really well is it it's, it's not it's a good ending in in uh, like the story-wise. Story-wise it's a good ending. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make you feel good. No. Because yeah. there's still ramifications that they're going to be feeling for a long time. And and so it is. It's not. It doesn't go back to the status quo. Right. I think that was kind of go back to crisis. I think like they just kind of recreated the world, right? Mm. And, and it was like, yep, they're it was a happy it. ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And this was this wasn't a universe reset. It was yeah. Here's here's some stuff, and there's gonna be bad feelings for a while. Long standing mm. ramifications. Yeah. yeah. Somewhat again. One of the reasons I love Civil War, not only the tight cohesiveness of the whole line wide crossover, but also at the end, it sets up two of the. I think are kind of the coolest moments for Spider-Man. He makes a deal with the devil. So everybody forgets who he is, mm-hmm. which also has fucking ramifications. Right. And Steve Rogers is shot after this. So there is a death of Captain America arc after this. So mm-hmm. civil war does have ramifications and it leads into a lot of great stories. It sets up a lot of sh- yeah. cool stuff. Who, who, who shot Captain America? I can't remember. Uh, shit. Um, I had just read that. Uh, not too long. Yeah. Ago. I was going to look it up. It wasn't Maria Hill, was it? No, okay. no. God, who was that? Crossbones? Yeah, Crossbones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can't believe you just pulled that out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, sorry. It's Crossbones snipes at him while Sharon Carter, who has been brainwashed by Dr. Oh, Faustius. That's right. Posing yeah. a shield psychiatrist delivers the killing blow. Yeah, yes. that's why I thought it was Maria Hill. Yeah. Another shield yeah. agent. Yeah, that makes sense. Craig, you mentioned that Final Crisis makes you want to read the other ones. Yeah. But I think Civil War really made me want to know, okay, what is going to happen after this? Mm-hmm. How does how does superhero society move on from this point? Yeah. And where I think Civil, again, a big difference between the two, 
Final Crisis made me want to like go off and read more to get more context. Whereas Civil War, I'm sure that material is out there and you could go get it. But I also felt like it was a great self-contained story. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like I was really missing anything by not reading any of the extra materials mm. um, versus yeah, something like Final Crisis. So yeah. I was like, oh, I need to go read this whole other run to understand like these two panels. <laughs> Can we talk art a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I read Civil War, then Final Crisis because I... I thought these two are going to be kind of similar. Nope. Well, I, I mean, like the big event with everybody. Oh, in yeah, it. yeah. And I liked the art more in Final Crisis, but I feel like what we got in Civil War, while it was a little bit more bland, was also more clear. Mm. It was just easier to tell what was going on. There's a lot of like uh, extravagancy to Final Crisis. Mm-hmm. I think that was the point of it uh, to show the uh, the epic scale, right? I think the the art in Civil War really draws draws on the humanness mm-hmm. of of all these characters. Mm-hmm. Again, showing the big difference on how people perceive Marvel and DC. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah, Final Crisis had a lot of really great wide shots with a lot of detail and really gave you some fun environment. Whereas I felt like Civil War was very character focused in the detail. There's a lot of good close ups, <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. the the crying scene from Captain America mm-hmm. at the end. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of great close ups. Yeah. Before we move on, though, uh, Speedball, the uh, the guy who starts the Civil War, basically, yeah. he's the one that's like, we're doing this for the ratings mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So he becomes racked with guilt after this. He survives. He becomes okay. racked. Do you know what happens to him? He, be- he becomes penance. <laughs> so like, he, he dons this metal suit with spikes inside that activates his powers. So he's constantly in pain huh. as penance for his actions. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Super dark. That's honestly one of my favorite characters, and I loved playing him in Marvel's Alliance too. Mm. That's so interesting, yeah, because he loses his powers, and he can only he can only access them when he feels that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, his, but his it's like a mental is, block, right? His suit is basically an Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, jeez, yeah. Every time he moves, it digs in and cuts his skin. And jeez, yeah, that's, that's that's wild. But yeah, they yeah. they don't get into it in that. But I think I have the comic set where where he's in it mm. damn so that's uh what part one of our debate i think we got to go now <laughs> well i we, we might call it uh it's the end of round one end of round one end of round one between mike and caleb please send us your thoughts on who won this round marvel uh, <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> If you want to share any thoughts, anything you've heard today, or your thoughts on Civil War or Final Crisis, we'd love to hear them. You can reach out to us at strikesarefancy at gmail.com. We're at strikesarefancy on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also go down to the description of this episode. Send us a voice message via Anchor. We love it. We'll we'll play your uh, your little clip at the end of an episode and, and give some reactions to your thoughts. And if you shit talk DC on Instagram, you might get on an episode too. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but also, quit comparing Civil War and Final Crisis. They're not the same. <laughs> that is true. One is a good comic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the punch now goes to Rob. So not Mike. I did it for you. <laughs> Thank you. We're, go- we're moving out of boxing and, and entering WWE. <laughs> Caleb's about to go get a folding chair. <laughs> it's Caleb with the folding chair. <laughs> so... That brings us to the end of round one. If you like what you've been hearing, stick around. In a couple weeks, we'll be bringing you round two, uh, where we will be talking about the other, at least two other of the comics, depending on how long we chat about it, possibly the four other series that we've mentioned before. Caleb, what are the DC ones? DC left is Batman Court of Owls and All-Star Superman. Marvel is Secret Wars and Secret Invasion. <laughs>
Tune in in a couple weeks as we discuss those. Until then, I have been Cataclysmic Craig. I'm just Rob. <laughs> uh, this is Caleb. Victorious Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to be determined. Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so tune in in two weeks for the exciting conclusion. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>